you want to find and keep your tribe of raving fans, I want to support that journey. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with your host, Justin Lamb of 360 Media. I explore ways to help you build a more attractive business that finds and keeps your tribe of raving fans. Hey everybody, this is Justin Lamb and you're listening to episode 32 of Digging Deep where we help business owners build better businesses. And today I'm being joined by a friend, somebody who I've met just recently who actually has kids in the same school as mine. Uh, but as I've gotten to know him, know him over the last little while, I've uh, really come to realize uh, what an intelligent person uh, he is and what a tremendous story it is. So I'm super lucky that uh, he's come to bail me out last minute trying to find a guest. Uh, but welcome. Danny Chow from Rennie & Associates. He's a realtor. Um, Danny, thanks for coming by and bailing me out. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about where did, where did it all start for you? Well, basically it all started back in when I was going to school. I was, I was looking back and I graduated from high school and really had no idea what I wanted to do. And I went to one year, just took some general classes and uh, my family uh, cousin was actually involved in real estate and what had happened was she said hey why don't you look into becoming a realtor and at that time I was like a realtor that's only selling a house so I was like okay yeah. I thought about it and then what I did was I went to BCIT I took a marketing class and during the marketing class it was a really good program where it was a four-year program crammed in two years and basically uh, the first year into UB, uh, uh, sorry, BCIT, I was studying, I had a part-time job, and my part-time job was a horrible job. I was a, I was a janitor at Save On Foods, and it was, it, was, it, it was bad hours. I was doing it while I was going to school. Basically, it was midnight from, from Friday to basically uh, 8 o'clock in the morning when Save On Foods is open. I would work there when I was going to school, and I said, like, oh, man, this is, this is really tough. I, this is not what I want to do. So... What really, really changed for me is that second year into uh, BCIT um, and how technology has evolved, they actually had an employment center. So employment centers, instead of posting job postings on the internet and everything, they actually pinned them off the wall. So I went into, went into the, um, the employment center one morning, uh, one morning early, because early at school, I looked and a lady had uh, just posted a job on the wall and I got there early. I looked at it and it said a real estate host. And I said, okay, real estate host, I'm going to real estate. But I had no idea what the company was or anything like that. So what I did was I went and I pulled the posting off the wall. So <laughs> ended up applying for the job and uh, went for my interview. Uh, interview I thought went very well. The uh, the lady called me back two days later. Says, "Hey, Danny, you know what? <laughs> interview went very very well. There's a job opportunity for you. Would you be interested?" I said, "Oh, no, definitely be very interested." And then she's like, "Okay." And she said, "Oh, by the way, um, you're very very different this year because every year we advertise and for students from BCIT, and I get 10, 20, 30 applications." This year, you're the only one to fly. Why is that? And I said, I don't know. I think uh, everybody's focusing on school. And basically, I'm the only one that, that had time to do it. So really, to this day, I don't know if it was more I was qualified or I had no competition. So that's kind of how it all started uh, for myself. And then it, ju it, it just evolved from there. When I started with the company with uh, Renning Associates uh, with Bob, there was 
probably six people in the office and we were just jack of all trades and we just did everything we had to do. And I've been with the company ever since 1995. So that's like 25 years um, basically with the company. And we've I've seen the company grow from the five employees we have now up until today, I believe we probably have about over 250 employees in, in the office, including all the realtors. So it's, 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 it's definitely kind of how I started. And the biggest thing, I guess, in, in, in real estate is like looking at my age at that time is like, why would anybody want to buy something from somebody that is, is a newbie, doesn't know anything. And I think even to this day, I've taken a lot of pride in kind of doing the most important things I think as part of this job is just the honesty part of it doesn't matter if you're 25 or 45 35 55 I think honesty is a big part of, of the business and you build those relationships from there and I just thought at that time when when I didn't know answers to, to questions that people had it just I was honest and if, if I didn't know the answer I would say I didn't know the answer I wouldn't make something up I would go find out for them I think people really appreciate that and that's part of building the business and with with the with the way the business is I think when there's I don't know what the exact number is but 15,000 realtors out there let's say why would they change you and I think one of those things is you got to differentiate yourself from everybody else or otherwise they would just use their neighbor next door they would use the the friend of a friend but from from us or from myself at least it's just the reputation and honesty and just working along with all the people and and just building those relationships and I think same thing I think with with the business aspect of it I I when I was young I looked at some of the successful people in in any industry and one person that I followed closely and I still kind of looked up to at that time was Jimmy Patterson so Jimmy Patterson as you know is a very successful business person and over the years I when I first started I kind of followed him and kind of any advice that he had and just different things that he suggested to to be successful in business and it was one of the biggest things that that he had mentioned was like your sphere of influence. And I think that's really important. Um, and he says like, he knows what he does the best, but there's no possible way that one person can know everything in this world. You have a Bill Gates, who's one of the most successful people in the world, but if you ask him about computers, he knows everything about it. You ask him about real estate, he'll go get a person that specializes in real estate that'll look after him. He'll look after, he'll find a dentist, he'll find a doctor, he'll find a banker. So you wanna surround yourself with all those different types of people. And I think that's what you wanna do. So in this business, if you can be that person on somebody's sphere of influence, I think that's that's the key. And I think that's really important. And just going back to, to, to Jimmy Patterson, it, it was pretty crazy because when I had first started, I was pretty young and I still remember to this day, I believe it's around year, year 2000, 2001, which is about 20 years ago, I still new into business and Jimmy Patterson actually, in, back then in the province newspaper, there used to be a, um, uh, every Sunday, they profiled a, a very uh, high profile business person. And one of the Sundays I remember, it was Jimmy Patterson that they profiled and he had basically um, a list of 10 things to be uh, to do to be successful in business in life whatnot and I really took it to heart and that article 
I actually cut that article out and I put it in my day timer and I followed that, that list of 10 things. And it was funny because that same day I cut it out and I had it in my day timer, that same afternoon, out of the blue, I actually ran into Jimmy Patterson in the elevator. And Jimmy Patterson was basically, it was a Sunday afternoon around five o'clock at his office tower on, uh, it was on Hastings Street and that's where his head office is. And I was working on a project and five o'clock comes around, I'm coming down the elevator and the elevator stops and who's standing in the elevator? It was Jimmy Patterson on a Sunday afternoon at five o'clock. So I rode the elevator down with Jim, Mr. Patterson and uh, it was crazy because I had said to him, I said, Mr. Patterson, actually, you know what? Like this article that you had just talked about today or whenever you talked about it, I cut it out and I put it in my day timer. And I opened up my day timer and I showed um, Mr. Patterson. I said, this is what I'm trying to follow to follow your footsteps because you're a very successful person. To see you on a Sunday afternoon at five o'clock working so hard, it just makes me wanna follow what you do. And he said to me, he says, number, I think it was number, I can't remember what exact or not list, but there's uh, the most important thing on that list was I think number six on that list or, or whatever the number was. And it was whatever you do in life, there's always a risk involved, but take risk and you can always use it as a learning experience. And I said, can you elaborate on, on, on what it means when you say that? He goes, look at it this way. I'm a business person. I own hundreds of companies, but you have to understand is not every one of my companies is successful, but every other one that is not successful, it makes the other one better and I move my way up and then I can make my companies a lot stronger. So if you take it to the heart from what you do and from a personal standpoint, from a business standpoint, from an investment standpoint, that's what you have to do. And I said to him, I go, okay, well, that's from, from one side. He goes, the other thing is, he says, is think about it. If you go buy, cause I told him I was involved in real estate and he says, if you go buy property as an investment, he says, he goes, doesn't matter what you do in life, there's always a risk involved. But what you wanna do is you wanna minimize your risk. So there's a calculated risk and a non-calculated risk. He says, for example, he goes, if you're crossing the street, you look both ways before you cross the street because there's a red light, okay? You've done your due diligence, you've done your calculated risk, you cross the street, somebody runs a red light and hits you, there's nothing you can do. That's your calculated risk. If you go blindly, you don't look and you just walk across the street, the chance of getting hit by a car is a lot likelier and that's a non-calculated risk. So you have to look at it that way. It doesn't matter what you do, there's always risk involved, but you just have to minimize your risk. And I, 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 took, it, I took it to heart in, in terms of like just from, from a personal standpoint in, in, in investing properties and that's what I look at and that's what I provide to, to my clients is the, the pros and cons of what the risk involved are and just, just to show them to break everything down. And I think that's the key part of, of being uh, good as a realtor to, to give those um, ideas to, to your clients just so you can say that you've done your homework and you've got to be comfortable in, in going ahead with it. And if, if, if you can't pre-approve yourself or the finances aren't there, don't do it because everybody else is doing it. You got to prepare yourself for worst case scenario. If something happens, you got to plan. So just don't, 
follow other people because other people are doing it. You have to assess the risk, how it affects you. And I think I think that's 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 the big thing. And um, just going back at that. And the other thing is, I think being in the business for so long, I think loyalty is a big thing, right? So a big part of my business, I would say 99% of my business is referral business and just word of mouth. And we've got, I've got a reputation that a lot of people are referring me because I obviously hope to do a good job for, for the previous people. And loyalty, I, br- I bring back to because being in the business for so long, I've got people that I first met, now I'm selling to their family, um, their kids, I'm selling to their grandkids, and it just, you've built that reputation, right? And the other thing is loyalty in, in a sense where, like I said, I've been with my boss for 25 years, and Bob Rennie, and so I've been loyal to my company, and just from other standpoint is, and everybody laughs at me for this, but I, 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 got, I grew up in North Delta, and now I live in uh, North Burnaby, but every three weeks, I still drive back to North Delta just to get my hair cut. And it's for, it's for, it's, I mean, but I've been seeing the guy for the last probably 30 years. I still go to the same guy, but everybody's, you're going driving a 45, 40 minutes to go to Surrey to get your hair cut? I go, yeah, because I'm a loyal person and I've been with them for 30 years. And my accountant, same thing. My accountant used to help my parents when uh, they were running their business. And I've known the accountant for probably, when I was like 10 years old, I've known my account for like 35 years. And same thing, I think that that's a big part of it is, is the loyalty. And it just goes back to, and, and, and I know it, it sounds funny, but the loyalty thing, some of my best friends, my small circle of friends are all from high school. And it's very, very seldom do you see yourself once you graduate to, to have that small circle of friends from high school. But I still hang out and talk to a small, probably six or seven of my high school friends that I've known for 30 plus years. So I think it's it's just a loyalty it, it comes back to. So, <laughs> And there's so much to unpack for what you've said. I mean, everything from the evolution, uh, you know, the way you've conducted business, um, the loyalty aspect, and a lot of those things are uh, rooted in tradition. And I, I, I firmly believe in honoring tradition, um, you know, things that you know, made our parents and grandparents' generations very successful in the same way. And I love to meet a person who carries those same things because mm-hmm. I believe in it. And when I first met you and I talked to you, mm-hmm. um, those are things that really stick out. Mm-hmm. So what's changed over the last two decades or so in terms of like the world that you're in, like, yeah. you know, the evolution of the technology and how it impacts your business now? And where do you see that going? Um, I think that part of it is, I think technology has changed everything and i think the roots of social media um just the way people do things are a lot different and i think also looking back when i first started to see your typical realtor so to say back then was probably your average age was maybe about 45 50 years old the new generation realtors you see today are a lot younger and i think that's a big part of it where a lot more people have have been getting into the business because it's it's with technology it's it's easier to to do things and i think if you don't follow the trends of how things are 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 happening i think you're gonna fall behind so even myself I'll, i'll be honest with you i'm not the most technical most savvy person but i've gone and 
hired uh, people that do look after those things. I have a social media person that looks after my social media accounts. I look after, I have somebody that does all my marketing for me. We look at trends uh, and just, we just have to stay on top of things. But I think it's, it, yeah, definitely you're right. And now with the consumer these days, there's so much um, information readily available that they can find online. So sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes clients are a lot more knowledgeable than some of the realtors out there. And I think you just have to stay on top of it, stay on top of um, the market. And you just, and all in all said, even though how things have changed, I think it doesn't matter if it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, or today. I think the biggest part of it is still the customer service side and the personal side of it. As much as a lot of people have have changed the way they do things in terms of like social media and how they show places i think i think the personal side thing i still think overrides a lot of that and i see that with with my clients it, it just that when you and i think it's more, more personable too when you see the person when you go chat with them as opposed to a text or an email which is a lot simpler but i think to, to maintain the, the relationships these days, I think you still have to be more personable. And I think going through the last, going through the last six months with kind of the, the pandemic that's been happening, I think that's changed a lot of way that, that a lot of people do business too. Um, looking back at it um, during the initial stages in, in March, April, when it first happened, um, it was slow. It was definitely very slow. And I think everything was really slow and everybody had to evaluate in terms of what was going to happen with the next steps of their personal life, their business and everything. And at that time, I think the personal side of, of our business really, or at least my side of the business really came out. I was reaching out to clients um, with a phone call just to say, oh, you know what, during this time, how's it going? Is everything okay? Has this affected you like job-wise, family-wise? And, and, and just checking in with everybody, right? And you know how it is. It's a lot easier just to type a message, email something. But I think the personal side with that phone call was, was I think a lot of people appreciated just, just reaching out and, and touching base with people, not just from a business standpoint, just from a personal standpoint, just to check in and make sure everybody was okay, right? So I think that's kind of, it's changed, but I think once again, there's certain aspects of I think you still have to maintain and just be on top of the change, but also keep on track of things that kind of help that worked for you from, from, from the beginning. So hopefully that didn't make sense in terms of yeah. what I was talking about. But I mean, like in marketing, it, it, there's not, there's, it's not changed. Like the psychology of marketing hasn't changed. All mm -hmm. the things that trigger people, the, the fundamental psychology, it hasn't really evolved. How we trigger it and the amount of you know, information that we get thrown at us mm -hmm. makes us maybe callous mm -hmm. or makes us hyper um, vigilant about when something really sticks out mm -hmm. but I think you know whereas before people would get phone calls all the time so people would start hanging up on you mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then now everybody is on social media and they're DMing and you know they're sending emails and people get tired of it so all of a sudden they get a handwritten card and all of a sudden it's wow this is great but it wasn't great like a decade ago when everybody was doing it <laughs> so I think everything ebbs and flows and like I said everything should be rooted in tradition and of course then we take you know the, the fundamental theories and apply it to what's new and still stick out from the rest. And that's what you guys have done. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it, it comes down to like, you just have to, I always say that 
you got to be able to provide something that nobody else can provide. And that makes you, that's what makes you the specialist or otherwise they can choose from the other 15,000 agents in, in, in the lower mainland. Right? So I think it comes down to it. Just, you got to be on top of things, the trends and what's happening and always be the no. If you, if somebody wants to know what a place sells for in a building or an area, you've got the answer and that that's what will always come back to you. Right. And I think, I think that's what it comes down to. So, yeah. So then tell me a little bit about, uh, the Chow Kai group and that's you and Selena. Yeah. Uh, is, are there any other people within that? Yeah. So how, how that came about was, uh, Selena, myself, uh, we worked together on a project, uh, is in year 2000 and, um, she had graduated from UBC and we were both doing project marketing and, when we're working together, uh, I didn't really know her until that time. We worked probably for about five, six years together on, on the project. And it's to a point in, in my career where I would have been what, 10 years in the business and she's would have been five or six years in the business. And we thought, you know what, what we focused on in the earlier on part of our, our um, business was doing project marketing. So project marketing consists of the pre-sale projects you see. So we worked for um, Bob Rennie and uh, Rennie Marketing Systems. And when a developer would want to build a tower, um, they would hire a company to do the marketing and sales for the project. And then Selena and myself were hired as the salespeople for the project. And what had happened when we, what we thought was those projects back then were pretty crazy. Like if I told you, like, it's, it's hard to believe, but we were selling five, 600 units in, in a building in like a month or two. It was crazy. And we'd have people come back. So like, they don't even know what they bought. And it, but it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. We'd have lineups and we'd sell like hundreds of units over like a, a, a two, three month period. And what it, how that evolved is we said, you know what, when people sell, they're going to need to sell at some like one, sorry, when people buy, they're going to need to sell at some point. So Selena and I thought, you know what, why don't we kind of go in what we call the resale side of business, which means that when somebody has a finished product, they want to sell it. Let's cater to those because we sold them into the project. Why not see if they need to resell it? And so we branched off as part as a partnership, uh, probably around 2000, 2006, 2007, around there. So we've been together for 13 years. And how we work is uh, the Chow Kai group is Selena, myself, and then we've got a um, couple assistants. So we have one assistant, BN, that looks after our social media accounts and our social media stuff. We have Liz, who does all our um, marketing, admin, uh, looks after all the paperwork. And we have Derek, uh, who happens to be uh, Selena's brother, who looks after uh, showings for us and helps out with showings. And we also have Amy, who helps us, and she's licensed also too. So we've got a good team that we kind of kept together. And, and the same thing. It's that, it's that sphere of influence and we try to keep it within the same circle. Um, it's really hard to, to find a really, really good team, um, assistants and, 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 and coworkers in, in our business. So we went through a lot, a lot of assistance until probably about five, six years ago, we really keyed in, keyed in and just kept a really tight group. So Liz, um, Amy, Derek, and uh, BN has really helped us. And we just, we just kept as a tight group. And I think that's, that's, that's really important. Just that group that you work with. So, so one thing I think really special is that you guys have been in, um, in business together as, as a joint collaboration for thir <coughs> 13 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I find 
interesting because you know a lot of people who go into joint ventures have real issues. What would you say is a successful you know part of that relationship, or what do you guys do that allows you to have you know such a, a thriving <coughs> relationship uh, and 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 you know a healthy working relationship? Um, I think the biggest thing is uh, trust. Uh, Celine and I, we basically are. <clears throat> We're the same, but we're opposite. So there's certain clients that she can look after, um, certain clients that I can look after. But I think working together as as business partners, really important. <clears throat> excuse me, it's really important to to have that trust within your business partners and relying on her to look after things when I have things to look after, and vice versa. And it's very hard, as you know, like you said, it's very hard to to find a. Uh, a really good business partner but we just open communication um there's a we both work really hard there's not one person that works more than the other and i think that our <clears throat> the balance that we have in terms of what we brought to the table at that time i think was also uh really good too so we're kind of at the same level of clientele it's not like one person brought more people another person didn't bring as many people um and I think same thing. It just that, and like you said, it is <clears throat> very hard to find a very good business partner. And the fact that we we've worked together for all these years is just trust. And I think that's out of any business, any relationships, it, it trust is the big thing. And we built that trust. And like I trust her with the, pretty much my family, our business, and everything. And I think it's vice versa on, on her side. So, and <clears throat> finding a great business partner isn't isn't easiest thing to find, as I'm sure a lot of people know, right? So no, it isn't. <clears throat> but I mean, finding a good business partner is much like finding a person in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first thing we we look at is is you know, can they do the job, mm-hmm. right? Um, are they are they going to step up to the plate? Mm-hmm. And you know, once you have that and you find common ground, you'll have. A working relationship, but not mm-hmm. one that really has that spark and mm-hmm. doesn't have that uh, ignition that really takes it to another level. It's mm. just kind of bat and play back and forth. And what you said uh, is really interesting because there is uh, both a lot of similarities, but then there's lots of opposites. Mm-hmm. And the opposites are what create the synergy. I feel. I feel like that gives it the gas, but the commonality keeps you together. Yeah. Um, good f- foundational values. So it is really interesting that you reinforce that. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, um, I, I know you kind of mentioned it, uh, a, a reference, a book, something that you could share with you know, the people who are listening to this that really influenced your life. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm not really a, a reader. I, 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 don't, I don't read books. I, I, I would probably say that Jimmy Patterson back then, that those 10 lists of things to do was kind of a, a kind of a changing moment in my life just from a business aspect from a personal aspect I took it to heart and I followed like I followed all the steps that he had mentioned on the uh, mentioned on the list and it was something that I, I still follow follow today and um, I'm like I said I'm not I'm not I'm not a reader I, I don't I don't read books or I don't read any Tony Robbins stuff or whatnot. I, I don't do that stuff. It's just that I, I, I took the heart and I just, yeah, and that's what I really followed and I still follow it to, to, till today on that list though. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Can thank you tell you. people, um, how are they gonna get a hold of you if you want to know a little <coughs> bit more about your yourself or even find a realtor? Yeah, <clears throat> if you need to get a hold of me, I'm a, 
dchow at rennie.com. That's, <clears throat> excuse me, dchow at rennie.com. Or my number is 604-765-2469. Losing my voice here. Sorry. <laughs> so Danny's building a lot of knowledge. And, you know, I hope you caught it all. Because uh, if you didn't, you're going to have to go back and repeat it. There's a lot of great stuff in here. And, and, and I told you right at the beginning that this was going to be an amazing episode. Um, you know, this is something that I've been looking forward to all week. You know, even though, uh, you know, it was a last minute Fine. I knew that uh, talking to you was going to be amazing. Uh, you're going to have a lot of knowledge. So thank you for joining me here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.